0: Welcome to Performance Anxiety, everybody. This week's show features singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Janet LaBelle. If you ever wanted to know about mysterious lyrics, flying Vs, getting a record deal in your teens, or playing guitar and roller skates, this episode is for you. Pick up her EP, I Only See You, everywhere you buy music, or get it from her website, JanetLaBelle.com. Follow her on social media, Janet LaBelle follow us at performance anx on Twitter and Instagram our merch is at PerformanceANX.threadless.com. subscribe rate and review it definitely keeps us going without any further ado Janet LaBelle
1: okay hey everyone this is Janet LaBelle and you're listening to performance anxiety podcast Um well, I want to say one thing I love the name of your
2: show <laughs> oh, like, thank you. I
1: actually was so excited to to be on a show called performance anxiety i am fascinated by performance and also i'm studying music therapy, so i'm like very interested in psychology <laughs> oh wow
0: awesome awesome and, uh, it's, yeah it's kind of funny because the show started out with me trying to you know talking to people about how maybe they got over some of the performance anxiety but it was it was only it wasn't the main focus of the show. I just, I, I, I kind of came up with the idea as almost like me getting over the anxiety of, of, of speaking to some people that I've really admired. Cause I've, of course. and, and uh, it, it's, I'll tell you a weird story about this. This is, I guess this is how we'll break the ice of the show. Okay. I reached out to, I, I, I don't know if you're a fan of any David Lynch movies like twin peaks. Oh,
1: yes. Okay. Definitely. I reached out to okay
0: from Twin Peaks. Uh, I mean, well, Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks, and um, she agreed to come on. And she she like never does this stuff, so I'm like, holy crap, this is fantastic! Why the hell is she doing it for me? And she's like, I love the idea. And she started sending me all these weird voice. We were just you know IMing, and she started recording messages and sending them to me. Really weird stuff. Amazing. I'm like this is okay this is going to be a great episode cuz it's going to be so off the wall cuz the show the, the show's supposed to be humorous and lighthearted and and all okay. and uh I'm like all right this this is going to be a really interesting show. So I get her on and we start talking and she had eaten a pot brownie before <laughs> the show. Awesome. She told me this as we start recording. I'm like, "Oh god, this is going to get even weirder." so we start talking and things things get right. really weird but it was a nice it's show you. oh it, it was a okay. it, it was a fun show and when you know she said oh this was great i had so much fun so all right i'll let you know when the show's going to come out you're in the queue you know i've got a few people i've recorded before you and i've got to edit and all that so uh-huh. i will let you know a couple of weeks later i had this other artist on and we're talking, and her music sounds a lot like something that would be in a David Lynch movie. Wow. So I, I told her that. I said, You know, it's, it's, I, and we, I said, that's one of the reasons I really like her music. And she's like, That's great. I love it. She's like, I, I you know, I'm a huge David Lynch fan. I said, Well, that's so cool because I just had uh, boop, 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 on. She's like, Oh my God. I toured with her in like 2012. Whoa. Like, that's awesome. I will shoot a text and let her know that you're coming on. That way she can listen. And she's like, oh, that'd be great. So after the show, I I sent a text and she's like, I hate that bitch. Oh my God. She's like, do not release my show. Don't put it on. Don't. So now I have an unreleased episode because she won't. I mean, technically, you know, she didn't sign anything. I could release it whenever the hell I want, but. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to get that reputation. So.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: So
0: that one shall remain unreleased for a while. That's,
1: that's pretty cool, though, that you have that, and you have that story about the whole experience, which makes it even Ugh. more interesting. I think.
0: I'm the only person I know of that's been yelled at by. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and the only. The thing that's weird is I'm like, hey, I had no idea. I'm sorry, and she's like, it's not your fault. I'm like, what? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean I, I can release the show? Or... <laughs> so I have after that. Te- I haven't gotten back to her after that text. I'm just like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Better to play it safe, I guess.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Play <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, maybe maybe if I can do like a Patreon page or something and get subscribers, that can be like a bonus episode. Yeah. Give me money and I'll send you this whacked out show. <laughs> That's great. And copies maybe maybe uh copies of the text messages she sent to me where she's cursing me out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's an incredible story. So I, I love Lyn Peaks too, and David Lynch. I'm I know. a UC fan. So me that's too. incredible you had that opportunity.
0: Oh, uh, it's I, I wish I could share the it was it was actually an interesting talk with her, and I I wish yeah. I could share it and I can't now.
1: <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but I did learn something. In doing research to speak with you, mm. we have a seven six was it six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh huh. We have that. We do. We do. You I, the I basis. I don't
1: know what you're talking about. Um, yes. Ma- Kira, Kira Rossler. Well, okay.
0: Z- oh well, maybe that's a different different that's one. That's a the different
1: w- connection we can talk about.
0: The way that I'm thinking of is mm. your basis for Avery, uh-huh. Nina, and her husband yeah. Ricky. Yes, are friends with a good friend of mine, Alf Bartone.
1: Whoa, okay, so, that's really interesting. Now, I'm I'm really close with Nina. Nina, um, Nina and I go way back because we we played in a band together for ten years. Yeah. And we're actually we're doing a reunion show this year. So we're playing with a lineup that I have not played with in 15 years. So crazy. it's it's crazy. So I'm going to see Nina. I'm going to see Ricky. Oh, that's uh, awesome. We're doing two two nights of a reunion show with some other New Jersey pop punk bands. So. Where
0: where's that going to take place?
1: Um so the first night is at the Asbury Park Brewery on August 16th.
0: Okay, cool. Um
1: I think that show is sold out, but they booked another night at Jersey City the next day um at FM Bar.
0: Oh, and nice.
1: Yeah, so That's so awesome. That'll be happening in a few weeks. I still have to learn all of the songs that I wrote when I was like 14 years oh. old. <laughs> so it's it's pretty hilarious, but it's also it's it's a really incredible experience to relive that nostalgia. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because mm-hmm. now you got, you and, while you were in Avery, you got signed when you were what, 16 years old?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's I think crazy. I was, yeah, 15 when oh. I started writing for the album that we released on Small Records. It came out when I was 17. Jeez. Um, and actually, the record label owner is in a band called Jettison, and they're playing the show as well so and we're trying to get the label owner to sit in with us to do some
0: oh man (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome uh, yeah so i how how did that happen how did how did a a group of teenage kids get signed
1: Yeah. yeah well i think we were pretty lucky but i would also say we worked really hard like we i i will say we we really worked hard as kids and I mean, to be honest, it was a lot more fun than school. So yes. <laughs> <Doing homework. laughs> you know, maybe my grades took a little dive, um, suffered a bit, you know, but I had a lot of fun back then for sure. Um, That's but awesome. I guess the way it came about was, um, so I I grew up playing piano and um, I, I took some formal lessons but was mostly just inspired to learn by writing songs and just exploring the piano um and i had written a few songs by the time i met nina um and i I actually i also played uh drums so i started i took up Uh, drums when i was 11 years old um this will show like what era I grew up in, but I was, like, really inspired by Hanson. Oh, <laughs> like, you wow. Remember, like, when Oombop came out? Like, yes. Okay, but that's, <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I, yes. I think that's, like, a super catchy track.
0: You know um, what? I'm, i I got to make sure my, my wife's not in the room. Nobody's in the room. I actually liked that song when it came out.
1: You, you said it. Wait, say again. I
0: actually liked that song when it came out.
1: Yeah, uh, right?
0: And I, oh, God, I was in my mid-20s. Or so when mm-hmm. it came out, I couldn't be caught uh, listening to it.
1: No, tr- tricky times. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> it in secret, like somewhere, like <laughs> looking in the car.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm That's listening to the radio and it comes on, I'm not, I'm I'm like, oh, let's just see what comes on afterwards.
1: Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> let's just, exactly. <laughs> well, let's suffer through this one.
0: Yeah, but you know what, <laughs> by the time we find a station with something better, this will be over with anyway. <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, actually, I was really inspired by the fact that the drummer was like, he was like 10 or 11. Yes. And, and that was around my age at the time. And I just thought it was so cool to see like a young kid playing drums and like really doing a great job with it. And yeah. that was the whole era of boy bands where there were mostly vocalists. Like that's the that boys yeah. sing, 98 Degrees. And I thought it was really cool that there were people – like there were kids playing their own instruments and yeah. like writing their own songs. Um, and, you know, and I'd get in a lot of fights with, there was like a divide in, <laughs> in, in, the middle school, you know, it's like, w- what side are you on? Like,
0: pro Hanson or anti Hanson? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It was oh. like a thing, but, but anyway, I, I bring that up cause I, I started out playing drums. Um, when I met Nina, I was a freshman in high school and she was a sophomore and around that time I was hanging out with some of the older kids and they were taking me to punk rock shows and ah. I you know got my first introduction to ska and pop punk I listened to a lot of mixtapes and you know demo tapes of bands and discovered this whole you know underground New Jersey scene that was going on so uh,
0: where where did you grow up in New Jersey
1: yeah uh, a small town called Madison Okay. I went to I, Madison High School. That's okay. where I met you
0: know. Okay, because I, 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 I lived in New Jersey from, well, twice. Once when I was really little, and then uh, in Scotch Plains. And then I lived in uh, Branchburg from okay. uh, fourth grade through when I went to Rochester for college. So
1: Okay. So, so I'm, you know all about...
0: I know all about New Jersey punk.
1: Things. Yeah, yeah.
0: We took me and my buddy Ed would go to New Brunswick all the time. Yes. I watch. went
1: to Rutgers actually. Oh,
0: okay, my brother went to Rutgers, and then uh, my half my family moved to Alabama, and my, he transferred to Alabama, and then I wow. followed a year later. So, but before before that, you know, I'd be going to house parties and yes. going to the Melody
1: the basement shows. Yeah,
0: going to the Melody Bar, watching watching Alf play when yes. he, he was in whale and Muskelunge, and then the fire still burns x number five yeah. but then we would be watching the Balancing souls and sticks yeah. and stones
1: it's incredible i actually i did go to the melody bar one time and <laughs> i think they cut it down like shortly after yes so i caught it right at the tail end yeah that era um in court tavern i don't know if you ever
0: yes oh my god i think i, I, I actually went to the court more often than the melody and my buddy yes. Alf would play the melody all the time, but yeah, I would definitely go to the court. Yeah. So actually I saw a really cool band there. Uh, it was really weird. Uh, a band called Eve's plum. And Eve's plum. they were really cool. They had the singer, Colleen Fitzpatrick went on to be to after Eve's plum put out two albums and then split up. Uh-huh. She became an, an artist called vitamin C Oh, yes. So Yeah, so you know that...
1: Wasn't that the graduation song?
0: Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, that was huge.
0: But before that, she was in a band called Eve Plum, which were kind of a poppy alternative... Sure. Sla- maybe not so much punk, but more in, along the lines of... Uh, and this was like early 90s, so, you know, mm-hmm. not Soundgardeny, y but, you know, more sure. alternative sounding, but... I remember seeing them. I believe it was at the court.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, see, I feel like Jersey has some good output there. It does. It's so (laughs) so
0: underrated as as a music producer.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, you think of Jersey, think of Springsteen, and that's like it.
1: Right. That's pretty much what most people think of. And then there's Bon Jovi, and then there's a divide on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind of Team Jovi, but yeah. <laughs> I I'm I, I'm on that. <laughs> I yeah it, you know what when when those the, the big the first few albums were really big like Slippery and Wet and all that was yeah. I was in I think middle school around that time and that was another one I was like you know what I like a couple songs but I can't I can't admit it because I'm walking around high school and middle school wearing Megadeth shirts and stuff. I can't I can't be seen. With the Bon Jovi cassette, which is oh I
1: man, have, so. all the repressed musical yeah. memories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm, spe- I'm, I'm confessing them and spewing them out now. So
1: no, see, it feels good, right? It does. Like, it actually feels really good to go on a show and say, yeah, like Hanson inspired me, like you see? know, because there people had strong opinions back then. Oh my I thought gosh! They were
0: great. It's funny because I've got three kids, and they have really wide ranging musical tastes, and the great thing is they're they're open about it that's and I, I don't know what has changed between when i was a kid and what when, when yeah. and them being a kid but it was like in the 80s mid mid to late 80s if if i you know I, i'm wearing my heavy metal shirts and all and mm-hmm. if i came in with a bon jovi anything i'd probably get punched in the face
1: oh yeah see that's like a, a very fearful <laughs> yeah. space to be in right? it is like that's interesting it's you bring up a good question about kids and like music like and and access to music and access to like just more things and that you know people can self-produce now so that's something I'm I'm interested in
0: um all right so let's we're gonna be skipping we're gonna be bouncing around all over the place with this self-producing now you've put out several EPs over the past few years are you self-producing those or, or or parts of those, or how do, yeah. how are you creating these
1: mm-hmm.
2: these
0: beautiful songs? By the way, oh, thank they're, you. They're lovely.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I um, I take a really large part in the productions and and every ep or single or whatever i've done uh, i've had a different role in um and i've also worked with a musical collaborator since after uh, the band avery the band i was in uh, when i was younger our last drummer um and i we went on to to start it was my songs and his production techniques he was he was in his young twenties now that I'm talking, this is like 10 years ago, right. uh, but we started working together on um, collaborations and uh, you know, I, I mean, it's great because we, I felt like we always had sort of the same vision for things. Okay. Um, and so he's helped co-produce um, several of my EPs. And then uh, my last I actually was just in L.A. recording this past weekend and doing some songs and co-producing with this guy named Scott Baseman. He's a producer in Hollywood. Oh, boy. Um, at, yeah, oh boy. I just <laughs> love saying that. He's in Hollywood. He's, I'm like, I don't know. Like, you could be doing whatever in Hollywood. I, and,
0: um, I know.
1: Just hanging on in the street.
0: I'll, I'll tell you another secret real quick. Uh, sorry, I don't want yeah? I me mean, to interrupt your story, but I do another oh, I do another podcast, mm. and it's sports-related. And my two co-hosts are out in Hollywood, so mm-hmm. it, that's I get. I can say, yeah, my my podcast is based out in Hollywood. But yeah. my buddy right. Tommy, he's a producer for Comedy Central, and my my other friend Eric, he's his brother's a actor. He, mm-hmm. he, his brother, I don't know if you ever watched the show Smallville, but oh
1: yeah, his brother
0: played Lex Luthor. Nice. So that's that's how I kind of push this thing. Yeah, right. I got Lex Luthor's brother. And a producer from Comedy Central, and we all get together and talk sports over Skype. That's,
1: so, That's great. That's awesome. I'll, have to,
0: I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll let you know. Now, it's, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's a little more blue than this show is. Okay. Is, <laughs> so it's uh, language a little coarser.
1: Okay. But, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> feel free. Be yourself. <laughs> that's
0: well, it's more on their part than mine. I'll, I'll I will be 100% on. Yeah, I can I can imagine
1: that. That's but all right, funny. so I
0: interrupted your, yeah, your story about Hollywood. That's
1: fine. Yeah, no. So, um, so yeah, I like working out of a variety of studios. I love, um, you know, I've, I've recorded probably half of my stuff on the West coast and then I record here in Brooklyn where I live. Um, I've worked at studio G with Tony oh, cool. and,
2: you know,
1: him Yeah. He's, he, he's a bass player. Um, and he's he's also work with a great producer and engineer um, and then i released a track recently called i only see you and i did a video with that it's it's on my latest ep and that was actually just a self-produced oh, bedroom recording And that was the first time I ever released anything like that. Usually I, you know, put all my resources into production and and like, you know, do it up and do, you know, do the songs justice. And like I would always really um, take like painstaking efforts to, to get things right. And I ended up recording this demo that I just couldn't really reproduce the same organic feeling of, I I basically just wrote this song and then just pressed record and recorded it just like a few minutes after writing it. And, um, and then I felt like I couldn't replicate that again. So I never, I never really touched it, but I got it mastered and included in the EP. So, um, so that was a, that was a totally solo. I'm not much for like recording technology, although I am learning. Um, (laughs) I, I actually, I've recorded a lot of my stuff, mostly analog. So um, oh, there you go. I, I work with a lot of people who are well-versed in like tape and splicing and all sorts of oh, things like that. So
0: that's awesome.
1: That's, that's a whole art form. And it is.
0: And it's, it's, it's becoming lost.
1: Yeah, it really is. I, I feel like the retro sound and feel is kind of in, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of record labels, um, and, Daptone Records out here, they oh, have... Oh,
0: Daptone's awesome.
1: On, um, ...and Bushwick, and, and, you know, they do a lot of the analog stuff, and it, it's just, I think for me, the recording process also really informs the output and informs, like, what happens in the studio, because you have very limited... Takes and you have very limited. You can't really edit that much, so it's not like super saturated with auto tune and like all sorts of things. It's like it's it's a pretty raw and organic process, and that's why I've gravitated towards analog. But in recent years, I've kind of combined like a hybrid of like okay, it's a little maybe like more cost effective, or (laughs) flexibility, or you know, just sort of. Over the years, just sort of developing, you know, my music and seeing what works in right. terms of recording medium. But, but I love doing my own um, arrangements, harmonies. In my last EP, I did all of the. Um, there's all these keyboard arrangements that are done with a Mellotron. So, um, oh, that's a, cool. that was at Studio G with Tony um he has this mellotron and it was my first time being able to sit down and be like oh i could be the string section here and it actually like the samples really sound like strings or wow. yeah
0: that's um, awesome
1: so so i got to play around with layering and and uh now i'm like saving my pennies so i can afford maybe a mellotron <laughs> and like my own home studio rig because wow. i'm amazed like a lot of my friends have home re- recording studio. Co- I mean, you must have your own
0: home I've recording
1: got, gear as well. well.
0: Yeah, let's see if I can... I don't know if you can see.
1: Oh, yeah. I've got, it's just a little nice soundboard
0: out-board. and then yep. my laptop.
1: <laughs> yep. See, but that's really like... I'm learning. Like you don't need much. Like you need some few essentials. Yeah. And uh, and you can really do so much. I mean, my little song that I released was recorded on GarageBand through the laptop mic. So so anything is <laughs> probably better than that. Like I could wow. probably invest a little in like a cheap mic or something yes. like that. And <laughs> maybe like step it up a notch. But yeah.
0: um, depends but what that's, sound you want. Like
1: my next step of what I'm trying to start doing you
0: know well one of the things i wanted to ask is that and and you kind of touched on it a little bit is is, you know you using a lot of older technology you a lot of your songs have an older soul and r&b sound to them where does that come from because that's nothing like the pop punk that Uh, i was listening to a little bit earlier although i will tell you that i was i was amazed by how complex the, uh, the songs from Avery seemed to be.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: They, they, it, it wasn't just, you know, typical power, power pop or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, pop punk. It, it was keyboards and, and, and different layers in the songs. It, it was, I was impressed.
1: Yeah. I remember at the time when I was writing, it was, you know, I will say it was very cool to grow up in a scene, like having like Sort of, you know, it's this conversation of music, and I was constantly listening to the stuff going on around me all the time. Like I'd go out and see bands, and like okay, I was just always taking mental notes of like what was happening, what I responded to emotionally. Okay, I listened to a lot of emo music. Yes. Okay, <laughs> a lot of the songs came from my diary when I was like fourteen or fifteen. So, like <laughs> I was young and had a motive, you know, and also the fact, like, there weren't that many females out there. There were a lot of, there was, like, a lot of masculine energy out there, That's like, very in, true. in music. And I was like, you know, I'm this, like, sensitive creature, but I, <laughs> I mean, I'll own it. And I will say, like, you know, I, I really used music as my outlet at that time. And I also, I kind of drew on the influences that were happening around me. Um, and then also just drawing on my influences of, like, what I grew up with, which were just more, like, Beach Boys and, like, you know i what blondie i actually oh, yeah. i got to play with jimmy Destry. that's actually our kira connection but it's very loose which i'll get.
0: yeah we'll to touch like, on that. that
1: we'll touch on that but um but yeah i you know i i tried to sort of make things my own. i was listening to elton john and like more ballads and like that
0: so i think and and i don't know listeners may not agree with me but you might i think that's almost very particular to growing up in the new jersey new york area yeah because we've in that area growing up we got exposed to i think a lot more classic rock and roll uh older rock and roll i i think you know the uh, r&b soul rock from the 50s and 60s it played a larger role in the music scene there than almost any place else in the country because it, because it, it's still you you go anywhere in new jersey and you, you'll hear the doo-wop bands right. or right or, or you know there's some of the 60s bands you, you go to california maybe more psychedelic maybe more beach
1: yeah, more like surf rock yeah which i love too I-
0: oh yeah <laughs> but the classic R&B and soul that I hear in the music that you're, that you've released over the past few years, I think it's, it's more prevalent in the Northeast, specifically in Jersey and New York. And it, you know, I would say you and I are, are probably 10 to 15 years apart in age, at least. But I think it sounds to me like we almost grew up on the same music.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, because I've only grown up in New Jersey and sadly, I know nothing else. um, (laughs) I wish I had more of a variety, you know, of a background. But but, you know, but but at the same time, like I I was very much influenced by the music that my parents played in the house um, when I grew up and, you know, really just. I don't know. I, I guess personally, I just really respond to music. I always have since I was a, a little kid. And, and I remember listening to Fleetwood Mac oh, in the man. kitchen of, you know, my childhood home and just like um, that song everywhere. Like I want to oh, be with you everywhere. Yeah, Just letting loose, just dancing you know my like, like what? whatever like my little whatever shoes my <laughs> rhinestone moccasins those were my shoes <laughs> i just remember going crazy to that to that kind of music
0: oh fleetwood mac is amazing fleetwood mac is one of those bands that i i grew to appreciate more as i got older because when i was growing up that was my mom was loved fleetwood mac and you know that's mom's music <laughs> i'm not gonna listen to fleetwood mac but <laughs>
1: As I... Again, so much judgment on our music. I know. <laughs> like, right? No, it's so funny, though. But great.
0: as I grew up, I started listening to more and more. And, and Lindsey Buckingham, in my opinion, is probably yeah. the most underrated guitarist of all time. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. buddy of mine, Jordan, uh, from the band Blinker the Star, got to actually play with Lindsey several times. He's on a couple of Blinker the Star albums. And So if you like Lindsey Buckingham, check yeah. out Blinker the Star because he plays on a mm-hmm. couple of their albums. Yeah, I will. That's great. Um, I keep interrupting you. With, with I'm no, sorry. It's great. No,
1: I mean, I, I love, I think that's one of my favorite things about these conversations is like just talking about music yeah. <laughs> just, and, and like the origins of things, which I think your podcast does a really good job with. Like oh, I, thank you. I was I was looking through like who you're interviewing. That's actually how I um, came across that you had interviewed Kira. So Kira had actually worked with um, the producer, and my uh, collaborator, Evan Taylor, he did this album that was all Black Flag covers. Gimme, oh, gimme. Cool. And Black Flag, Dez is from New Jersey. So, like, there's these connections That's there right, yeah. as well. Um, and Evan and I grew up, we went to the same high school as well. So, and, wow. which is Yeah. So, it's, there's a lot of um, creatives in Jersey working oh, on yeah. things. He he had Kira sing on the Gimme 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 album. He also had Jimmy Destry playing keyboards from Blondie. Oh wow! And, yeah, and actually, after after they did that album, um, he was in touch with Jimmy about doing his solo stuff because Jimmy. I don't know if you remember, but in the eighties, he released a solo album.
0: No, I don't hard, remember that hard on
1: all. And and that was his solo album, and he never did tour with it so oh, i wow. i became his backing member with evan evan played keyboards i i played as a multi-instrumentalist so i actually played drums um some of the shows wow. i opened on drums i played keyboards i sang backup i played guitar and i got to sing songs that you know inspired me wow. in high school like debbie harry's parts i mean i just felt like i Whoa. should be- this but I had that opportunity and it was it was pretty incredible
0: that's amazing coincidentally Kira just emailed me today because she's we're going to do another another episode so you've got a a, a, your your voice is very soulful in the EPs that that you've done And, and the lyrics everything is very mature I was just really blown away by how how it sounded like stuff that I would listen to, you know, driving around with my dad. We used to restore old cars and (laughs) we would would go to car shows and they'd play, you know, this blue eyed soul and, and 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 it music, the lyrics, the vocals, everything It kind of brings me back to that time in my life. And I love it.
1: That's great. I I love that that you you said that and and you're sort of drawing on this like nostalgic time, which I feel like that's exactly what I, you know, like the music of the six the 50s and 60s, a lot of girl groups, like all my influence, not all, but as you know, I talked about the New Jersey pop (laughs) club scene, which, which I don't think actually is very present in my solo work at at all. but I I don't hear it. it It'll be as a songwriter for sure. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I I don't really, yeah, it's not very closely aligned, (laughs) but, but my solo work was really an opportunity to channel some of those influences where, you know, I want to write music that like I want to hear, which is pretty much that stuff. So then I kind of have to go back in time and think about like what it is about that music that really speaks to me. And what I think it is, is, um, just this very like it's very like straightforward a lot of times the music is like conversation to another person like a letter to someone or oh. you know it's it's you know it's it's just an expression of like kind of direct and like timeless communication I think that's kind of a key word and element is like you know this like timeless there, there's a lot of themes that really um, inspire me it's You know, and I'm trying to get out of this just to challenge myself as an artist. But like I write a lot of love songs and (laughs) I wrote I actually recorded over the weekend a song that it sounds like a straight up love song. But I swear that it it has to do with other things like nobody's going to see that parallel. I'm like, but for me, it was like a huge deal. I was like, I knew this is not a love song, but it still sounds like it like there's still like, you know. It's like I'm singing to like someone, but it's, it's different. It's like, I wrote a song about, um, you know, like finding a different state of mind and how like beautiful and inspiring that can be. But I wrote it like a love letter to that state of mind. Well, that's really
0: cool though.
1: I can't get away from it. It's, but, but I'm really trying. I actually think, I think it's really important to have challenges, whether I ever get over this or not. I mean, that's, it's all about the process. I'm, I'm finding like,
0: it, you know, the, their artists' is, process. Their entire career is, is writing love songs, and they do yeah. great at it. So, yeah,
1: you know, there's a million ways to say like, like, you know, I love you. Why don't you love me? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so that that brings up a question. Yeah. On your your newest your latest EP, you have a song called "I Can't Believe You Did That." That sounds like very vague lyrics to a very specific incident.
1: I love I love that you're bringing it up. Because you know, one, a song that really inspired me was I Can't Go For That.
0: I love Hollow Notes. I love Hollow Notes. And that's
1: too.
2: That was
0: one band that I didn't care who knew that I liked.
2: Yeah, because no, forget
0: it. I'm listening to I'm walking around in my Megadeth shirt and but I will have that Holland Oates album out and yes. everybody can yeah. go suck an egg because I love it.
1: Exactly. It's shameless. Like exactly. It's, it's Holland Oates. But they have this song, like, I can't go for that. And I listen to it and like I love this song. And it cracks me up that they don't name like, what is it? <laughs> That's what true. is that? what is it that like you keep saying something happened and like, it kind of lends itself to this imagination and, and, you know, like it's like I can think of maybe what it was. Like, is my version different than another person's? So when I wrote, I can't believe you did that. Like, I did write it about a specific, unnameable thing. Oh no!
0: <laughs> all right, well, you cut that one off already.
1: <laughs> the mystery, <laughs> the mystery didn't you, Maybe in the sequel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear all about it. That'll just be. Talk about that.
0: <laughs> still, we can. We'll just pick out those kind of songs. I can't believe you did that. I can't go for that. I, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. I
1: won't do that! I'm not doing that. See,
0: we'll, we'll just and do.
1: Like, <laughs> we'll
0: just do an episode about that.
1: You know, it's all about that. It's <laughs> like you know, it's up to interpretation. It's it's something for everyone. Exactly. It's, it's a motto.
0: Enter your um, own heartbreak here.
1: <laughs> insert your own terrible. Yes situation, <laughs> anything traumatic, just put it right there. This, this is a, a group therapy session We're exactly. gonna, gonna mark on together. So, um, but yeah, I just, it's funny cause it definitely crossed my mind. I'm like, I, I think being specific in lyrics is also very helpful. And I, and I also think, you know, there's a lot of lyricists that I admire that, that I, I'm not as great with this, but they'll be like very specific about like the time and describing the place. And it's like, it's so specific. Um, but you can totally channel that or channel the emotions that the, the imagery evokes. Um, and I, I love that. That's another challenge for me as a songwriter. Like I, I want to, I love that. Some of my songs have that, but like, it's not my go-to um style of writing. So, so I guess, yeah, I can't go for that. It definitely crossed my, wait, that wasn't my song. I didn't write. (laughs) Look look at me. (laughs) I mean, I'll take the royalty.
0: Oh yeah. No kidding.
1: (laughs) Forget it. Yeah. I can't believe, I can't believe you did that. That, I, I still need to, you know, get that song out there a bit, but yeah, it's, it really is about something that I think, it's left up to the imagination of people can insert their own sort of like imaginative implications there.
0: All right. Well, since Get I'm not
1: creative people. Yeah,
0: exactly. We Since you're not going to tell me what it's about, everybody has to insert their own issues.
2: <laughs> insert issues. here. <laughs>
0: so, so who are your influences? Because you obviously have, you know, you your you pop punk influences with Avery, but you also you have a completely different set of influences when you're doing your solo stuff.
1: Sure. So well I'll go maybe back in time and work forward. And I will I mean, not
0: I will tell you that I, I heard your cover of Leslie Gore. You don't You don't oh, own me. Yeah. That's so good.
1: I you know, I love Leslie Gore. I mean so She has that album, um, like the the album with It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To. So like this is a classic example of an album that I just like love these lyrics. Like it's really straightforward. She's actually in this album. I think she was really young. She must have been like 16 or she was a young kid, I think, when it was released. I think you're right. Um, But this album, she has several songs that sort of touch on this party scene about Judy and Johnny, if you're familiar. Yes.
2: With that. Like yes.
1: Judy and Johnny just walk through, through the, the door. door. Yep. like the King and their queen. So you have this scene of Judy and Johnny at the party. And then later there's another song. It's Judy's turn to cry. And then she like, lets Judy have it in this song. So this is a conversation of sorts, That's right? right. Like, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on, touching on the same themes Sort of over and over again. There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of tears on this album, and and it just keeps coming up over and over again. That and could be I think,
0: a show. Songs with sequels.
1: Yes, I I think so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that like I gravitate towards in terms of like what I like to see in other artists, and maybe it's that sense of familiarity. It's when an artist sort of like keeps coming back to the same themes it's the same i'm really obsessed with this one painter Edgar monk like i i don't really know that much about painting in general i'm not going to say i'm an art historian <laughs> right. at all but i remember going to the moma and seeing a series of his works where he had this like red-haired lady like this muse that just showed up over and over and over again and then he'd have like this contrast of like light and dark um, and like a lantern or a moon or something just over and over again. And I just remember like seeing that and just feeling like the symbols just made me feel like I knew him. And maybe I'm like way off and just like looking at yeah. all the wrong ways. But but I felt like when I saw an artist sort of like touching on the same things, I could feel like I felt more connected. It felt more okay. relatable. And there was a context. So I do gravitate towards artists that sort of bring up a lot of the same things. I, I think I do that a bit in my work a little bit. So, but yeah, so Leslie Gore is definitely a huge influence. Um, I love her work. I love Melanie Safka. Uh, she wrote brand new key. Yes. Love what they my song. Um, she's just an incredible songwriter uh, and just like a, like A powerful, like female force. Um, she's. I, I got into her in high school. Um, it was a, a friend's dad listened to her, and uh, actually, like I got into a lot of music through like friends' dads. Actually, Rachel. It's like it's really weird, right? Um, Rachel Sweet was another new age artist, new wave artist. Um, she she's an interesting hybrid between like her stuff came out in the late seventies, early eighties, and she's got this punk kind of edge, but also music was getting a little more like refined and poppy. But her, her first stuff, um, that she had, uh, that that came out was like very much like punk rock that, that I was listening to, um, trying to think of the name of her first album, um, but she has these songs like fool's gold and, <laughs>
0: fool's uh, gold Bell, too.
1: Spellbound is a song. I've actually covered some of her stuff too. I actually cover, I've covered live. A lot of these artists that I'm mentioning, oh, Melanie, cool. Leslie and, uh, and, and Rachel sweet as well. Um, but then also like, I would say the beach boys, uh, that's just, they're just a huge influence that I can't ignore, mostly just because I fell in love with Harmony for oh, the first yeah. time and, and trying to figure that out. Like, what is going on? Oh, well, there? Brian Wilson's undeniable so genius. Expansive. Oh, yeah. And um, and he's a huge influence of mine. And he's uh, a huge
0: influence on me just wanting to lay in bed for three years.
1: Me too. Or, or like get like a sand pit under my piano because that was something yes. that he had. And I like, I think of that. I actually I took up surfing about, I guess it was six years ago now. And wow. I always come home and have like sand in my apartment. So, like, I'm kind of close. I'm like, like, grain by grain. I, if I just don't vacuum my apartment for a couple more years, like, we might have. Somewhat of that situation, yeah. although I won't have quite the same musical genius, but I will have a lot of sand. <laughs> well, that's something.
0: That's still a connection <laughs> and
1: inspiration. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, I, I really, you know, I, like those are sort of my classic influences, and I'll just say, like, without because I could talk and talk for a long time about you know all the various artists that I love. Um, I'm really into French pop music and like the artist that Serge Gainsbourg produced. Oh I really yeah. Francois Ardy. And, um, I recently saw Jane Birkin perform at Carnegie hall. Oh, wow. And that was one of the most incredible shows um, I've seen with the New York Philharmonic. Wow. So it was incredible. Um, And and really, yeah, so I, you know, I I gravitate towards those artists. And um, and I'd say like more currently, I really love uh, Jenny Lewis from Rilo Kiley. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah. She's just a really incredible songwriter. And and she she always tells stories and has very vivid lyrics. I always listen to her work and say, like, oh, wow. Yeah, she she's got a great storytelling style that I'm in love with and i you know i have goals (laughs) i think it's important to have goals um but for now you know i kind of just i gravitate towards like writing songs that i feel um you know i can connect to and like stuff that i would want to hear but like but you know you kind of nailed it like you picked up on a lot of the the old like soul sort of Classic influences, which I, I definitely feel like I really respond to as a listener.
0: Well, and, and I did because I, I was listening to the music. I'm like, this is so good. I'm really, really enjoying this. So it was. Thank you for saying that. Oh, well, it, it's the truth. So I, it, that's my pleasure to say it. Now, I do have a question. Sure. I did see some videos, and mm-hmm. one of the ones that I, I don't know how the hell you did this losing all the way. Uh, in a roller rink, playing mm-hmm. guitar on roller skates because oh, yeah. I, I just sat there and fascinated because I I remember going to roller rinks and if I tried to do that, I would break my ass
1: I mean let's just say there were a couple close calls <laughs> in
0: that
1: situation like I'm really glad I didn't injure myself severely because we actually we we were playing live so that's actually a live
2: recording 1 2 3, three fuck when i'm talking to you i don't care what you say it was a nojo i was going down hey when i wanna ask about
1: you so my friend um was also the guitarist in that band in, in that lineup and he, um, he had some recording equipment and we rigged it up and I had this um, videographer who I also love, Chris Carlone. Um, he filmed it for us. And the roller rink was so great. And this is what's awesome about going back to places in your hometown. This wasn't exactly my hometown, but it's the town one over forum park (laughs) thank you forum park roller rink if you're listening because i know you are of course Um, (laughs) of course naturally you're listening um but you know i I, they were just so accommodating i was like i i had this fantasy of like i was like you know i just want to i just want to play guitar on roller skates like this classic like gig that no one was at you know (laughs) like the, the traditional like I, I think Josie and the Pussycats opens that way. I think they're at a bowling alley or something and they like do this epic performance oh, and like,
0: Wow, and, you might be right. And, like
1: and like no one's in there, basically. <laughs> and it's like and like, you know, the, the directing and the camera work is like phenomenal. And you're like, Are they at Madison Square Garden? And then it's like you hear pins cracking <laughs> in the background. Um but I had this, like, fantasy of, like, just doing it in, like, this kind of open, like, public space. And I had had many birthday parties. I had had one birthday party at the floor park roller <laughs> I think I was, like, <laughs> I think I was in sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember. But I went to a lot of parties there. And I remember feeling, like, you know, kind of an awkward time as a kid because, like, they had this light-up old-school sign where – would light up and say couples skate, oh, you know, like it say other that. things like backwards skate, forward skate. Like that
0: sounds I, like I a think, lawsuit waiting to happen.
1: Oh, totally.
0: Backward I mean, skate now. Backward
1: uh. skate now. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. We're, we are 12. I'm, I'm
0: like, oh, I'm, I'm skating. I'm clutching for, I'm on the rail for dear life, trying to go yes, forward. So I get
1: Exactly. The... I just remember like the high emotions that, For me, I felt like as a young preteen being at a roller skating rink. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go back and like try to like (laughs) I don't know, like own own that experience (laughs) and like channel all this like awkwardness. So I mean, you know, I tried to be as smooth as possible. I like I said, I didn't fall, although I almost tripped over a few cables like on a couple (laughs) occasions. And we were actually like live playing the song. So that definitely presented it's challenges, but I will say that was like a really fun video to film, and and the people there were super nice to let us take a few hours to like, you know, it's like a different kind of birthday party to all fulfill
0: over. your your desire to yeah. own that.
1: I was actually really surprised they they let me do it. I don't know. It was just, you know, I live in New York. It's a it's a tough <laughs> it's, tough world over here. It is. It it's nice to go out to Jersey, and people are like, Oh well, yeah, you want to throw us, like, a few dollars? Like, we'll do – you know, like, yeah, you can, like – you know, we ordered pizza. Like, it really was, like, reliving my 6th <laughs> <grade> birthday party. <laughs> like, I'm like, is the slushy maker on? That was the only disappointment.
0: Oh, man. It was
1: not on. I could not turn my tongue blue for the video.
0: Oh, just, that would have been awesome. That oh, would have
1: man. been really authentic, but – that would be been... anyway so yeah it
0: was fun so you've released several eps now is there a plan to do a full length anytime
1: yeah you know i always go back and forth with you know what what is the best way i mean it would just be amazing if i could just like write all the time and put out full length albums but it's it's harder it just costs a little bit more these days like as an independent artist i feel like i i sort of just like putting things out as they're streaming in. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is, that is something that lately I'm going to be focusing more on. But then again, I have a lot of songs sort of on the back burner, like waiting to be on an album. So I, to, to be honest, I wish I had a more clear cut focus and answer. Like I just recorded two songs um, over last weekend, like I mentioned, and I'm just trying to figure out maybe a release plan for them or those two. They're actually interesting tracks because they're very stylized. Like I, you know, I, I do like to channel my influences, but in a way where I make them, you know, sort of modern and more my own. And then right. in these tracks, I really was kind of creating almost like caricatures of the styles that I love, but in a way that, you know, I wanted to like pay homage to them not like okay not try to make it like a ridiculous version <laughs> of like doo or something like that
0: right but right like,
1: I, I had like very specific ideas of how i wanted things to sort of sound and go and and then of course the recording process which was we did it an analog or it's a it's a digital tape recorder it's like only eight tracks so oh, yeah, it sort yeah. Of limits you and and in, in a really good way and makes you like focus in. So so a lot of things that were unexpected came up out of the tracks. And also working with um producer Scott Baseman, he had a lot of great ideas. Um so so I'm gonna wait for these tracks to be mixed and and I can actually see them turning into like a larger work of more stylized tracks that are like very specific. Um but I might just release them as they are and then keep developing my other songs, my other, you know, demos and, and things that I've been working on. Um, but yeah, eventually I think the goal for me is like, if I release music, I'm like, okay, good job. Cause like, <laughs> I, feel like I, I, you know, I sit on projects for a really long time. I think that's another thing that I want to get better at is like, like, you know what it like, that's, that's fine enough. Like I, I, I mentioned before, like I loved, I love the title of your podcast performance anxiety. Cause I feel like I definitely can relate to like the anxiety of like, is this track good enough? Or like, did I do it justice or like do exactly what I wanted and what I'm realizing now in my mid thirties. And like, now I'm, I've been doing this for a while. I like stopped caring as much, which is great. (laughs) Like not in a way that things are like being sacrificed, but like, you know, I just I'm trying to enjoy the process so much more and just, you know, be like, OK, well, if, if I want to do a different version of that, I'll release it later or like just yeah. get it out there. Yeah. What? Just like get it out there and like just really enjoy what that feels like and just sort of like ease up on the attachment. And that's that's been my uh, that's another like thing that I'm always constantly working on. So
0: well, and the, the weird state that the music industry is in right now kind of lends itself to doing that. You know, you can release one song if you want to and not have to have have it worried about, well, now I've got that single out. It's got to be part of this album that's coming out in within a couple of months.
1: Right. Like in the time that I was growing up and buying CDs and records, like that was so important for an artist to be releasing the full album because those album sales were going to fund the tours and they were going to, you know, like the album sale itself was so important. And in this day, we live in like a streaming culture, you know, that a lot of it is like streaming an artist or like maybe buying the single and like, don't get me wrong. I love when people download my album, like, or buy a physical copy at a show. Like that, I mean, that I think other artists would agree with me. Like that is like amazing. That really supports the art, but it's, it's harder to get, the most out of that, like, yeah. you know, like the old days. So, you know, the old days of music. So
0: it is, it's, it's, it kind all
1: of all about flipped. adapting.
0: Yeah. And it, it's kind of flipped where you were saying, you know, selling the album, uh, you know, supports your tour. Now it's touring is, is what's got to support mm-hmm. you creating more music.
1: Right. Exactly. Because it's, yeah. because of
0: streaming for the, for a, a large part of that.
1: Right. Exactly. So, so there's other ways to be creative. And, and I, I sort of, you know, I actually really take to the single model because I, I feel like a lot of my songs just kind of come like maybe spontaneously, or they can kind of stand on their own as like something, um, that I just want to get out, (laughs) get out there. And, and I think that's a really good model too. And then you know, and I've played in my mind with some ideas of, I also play ukulele. So thinking about like, all right, just like a solid ukulele album or like, you know, something that, that really just has this like cohesion to it where it makes a lot of sense. But otherwise I feel, sometimes I feel a little scattered, you know, I'm just like, I want to dabble in this style or do this. And I'm a multi-instrumentalist. So I like writing on different instruments, which I think brings out a different quality. I always channel something different when I'm, playing a different instrument. So, um, so I feel like the single model sort of works for me in a way.
0: Well, I, but, I you'd yeah. mentioned the uke. I did see a picture of you playing a badass looking Gibson Flying V.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I sold that guitar. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's but you know, that's okay. I that had, we had a good run. That's that's <laughs> the only guitars that i've ever sold
0: that's you know so, that's what i'm going to insert for i can't believe you did that
1: i can't believe you sold your your gibson I, actually it's an epiphone which is you know it's part of gibson but yeah. it's not like a true gibson <laughs> it's basically a reissue guitar from the 1950s it was a 1950 which isn't that really cool like i love looking at the history of guitars oh, like, so do I. That guitar i i look at that i'm like oh that's like a hair metal guitar I'm like that's 80s guitar no that guitar was like a rock and roll
0: oh
2: yeah
1: guitar, um that model and and i just love it and i i bought it for several reasons it i actually at the time was shopping for a hollow body because i really love oh, yeah. country sounds i love like reverb just like a a deep sound to it and i played a lot of guitars. And surprisingly, that was one I played, and it doesn't have a hollow body. It's very much solid and in a flying V shape. Um, And it actually like gave me a really nice tone. So this is for the guitar enthusiasts out there. Like, (laughs) it's great. You know, I sold it to someone on um, Craigslist, who was like, very thrilled about it. And and like played it. I was like, I mean, it's a great guitar. I just I have so many instruments that sometimes for me, it's like, it's part of the process. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get get rid of this one and see what else I can find. <laughs> so, I,
0: well, I can understand that. You know, you, you yeah. get a lot of people get inspiration when they get a new sound. You get a new that, instrument. It's a brand that's new sound.
1: Actually, that, that sounds very familiar to me. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> I went through a phase. It was, uh, yeah, my bank account is hurting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that can I, influence it too.
1: Yeah, but like, I definitely feel very much inspired just like tactilely and like, and, and also just by like what I hear. So, so physically playing it, but also like the sounds of instruments. Like I, you know, when I played that Mellotron, I, I had that same experience where I'm like, this is inspiring so much from, from me creatively that I feel it's worth the investment. Yeah. What's like a few thousand dollars. Yeah, well, <laughs> Fine. That's <laughs> the drop in the bucket. So, yeah. you know, I'm, saving my pennies for things and, um, but you know, part of that is like kind of selling the old gear and, you know, figuring out what, what phase you're in and like what inspires you. And there's more ways to find inspiration, but (laughs) 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 it doesn't hurt.
0: (laughs) Well, I've, I've kept you for about an hour now. So thank you so much for coming on with me and spending so much time with me. Where Thank can, you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Where can everybody find you on online, social media, and where can they buy yeah. your music?
1: So you can find me on Spotify, Pandora, um, SoundCloud. I feel like I have most of the music channels. If I'm missing anyone, any any medium, you can contact me yeah. let me <laughs> let me know. I feel like I'm really behind on social media. Um, I try to keep up with it as much know as that possible. I yeah I know it's like it's one of those things that's also a work in progress so any tips <laughs> any <laughs> business tips all except um, marketing strategies uh, what have you like please get at me but yeah I have Instagram Facebook Twitter like you can you can message me um,
0: is it all at Janet Label? and, and what not
1: yeah it's just Janet LaBelle um, yeah and awesome. you know you can find my music on iTunes and yeah, there might be some physical copies floating around on the internet. If you're into that,
0: so I am very much into that. So I'm going to have I to get mail
1: some. you a copy, whatever, whatever you want. I have a few. Oh <laughs> damn.
0: I will be texting you my yeah. address. Cause
1: yeah, no, please. I will send you definitely a copy. I will send you everything.
0: Awesome. I get. <laughs> Awesome. See, I'm, I'm of the age where if I don't, if I can't touch it, if I can't feel it, I don't yeah. own it.
1: Yes. If you can't feel it, it doesn't exist. Exactly.
0: You know? Exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, send me your address. I'm glad to send you a copy.
0: So. Oh man, I love it. I yeah. appreciate that so much.
1: Of course. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you again for having me as your guest. I really enjoyed it. Oh,
0: thank you for being okay. on it. This is a, so much fun. I, I really do appreciate you coming on, Spank all yeah. this time with me.
1: Of course. Of course. Well, hopefully we'll we'll do something in the future. We'll think of a cool, a cool topic.